2: Hello, my little friends.
3: I have to give up my business that I worked 25 years, sacrificed my life for, okay? For coronavirus, I'll take coronavirus over losing my business.
4: I guess what I would say is people need to continue to use their heads. On this stuff and and to recognize and understand uh that we are still in the middle of this virus that it's not gone away that we still have positive tests every single day in massachusetts
5: hydroxychloroquine. I'm taking it hydroxychloroquine. right now yeah a couple of weeks ago started taking it because i think it's good i've heard a lot of good stories and if it's not good i'll tell you right I'm not going to get
6: hurt by it. He was thrown out as a distraction um, because the president always wants to distract from his failures. Let me assure you the president of the United States is not taking hydroxychloroquine.
7: Our, he's our president and I would rather he not be taking something that has not been approved. Uh, by the scientists, especially in his age group and in his, shall we say, weight group, what is morbidly obese, they say.
1: Good Tuesday afternoon, everybody, and welcome to VB in the Middle on AM680 WRKO. It is hard for me to believe, as I come to you at 12.15 on this Tuesday, that Trump has not responded to that little jab from Nancy Pelosi last night. But so far, no. He's, uh, he's been on some other things, but I, it's, it's hard for me to believe morbidly obese is going to go unchallenged or unresponded to. We'll see. So far, nothing, but we'll just see. We got a lot on the table today, obviously. That's one of them, that hydroxychloroquine story. Um, one, do you believe that Trump's taking it? I don't know where Joe Scarborough says he's absolutely not taking it. And the interesting thing about that is the White House doctor has said he is taking it. So whether you think Trump is lying or not, do you also think the White House doctor is lying? But according to Joe Scarborough, he is. He's not taking it. So that's one of the things we'll kick around uh, a little bit later in the show. Also, just as a generic jumping-off point from that – Do you take any preventative medicines? just, uh, hey, I hope I don't get this. This is what I'm doing to fend it off. Uh, Everyone in my life does, except for me. But uh, I'd be curious to know what it is and how it is. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show, obviously. We are going to talk about the reopening plan right off the bat, uh, what Charlie Baker announced yesterday and – how we discussed it yesterday, we're going to get into that a little bit more because there's some developments there and some issues now are starting to come to the fore and we're starting to see the fraying around the edges. So we're going to get into that in just a second as well. Lightning has had an interesting day.
8: Yeah, you could say that.
1: (laughs) Quickly, Lightning, just because we – it's always good if we can start with a little (laughs) chuckle. And and what better chuckle is there when it's someone else's misery? So just – Right off the bat, tell everybody how your day started. It was like. terrible.
8: I was uh, well. I was, you know, I was doing good on my way to work. You know, on the highway. No, no, I wasn't even on the highway for maybe, I don't know, a minute. And next thing you know, um, driving and out of nowhere, my car gets hit by some sort of debris. I don't know if it was a piece of car, a piece of metal. It just came out of nowhere, just punctured my tire and took off my side mirror. It was like out of nowhere, and it was just, it scared the heck out of me. It wasn't in the road that I saw, so I don't know if it just flew at me. It was like flying debris. It was unbelievable.
1: Well, it's a little more than that. I don't want to get too sidetracked here. We might get into this a little more in the two o'clock hour things you've hit with your car and damage you've done to your car through no fault of your own. But before we get off of this in the, in the short term lightning, I'm looking at the picture of the thing. You gashed the left front of your car.
8: It's unbelievable. I've already, I, I don't even know. It was a heavy That is duty... not an easy
1: fix, no, and that it... is going to be an expensive fix.
8: Well, I've already talked to my insurance people, and they've assured me that they, they told me, oh, that's fine, it's an easy fix. That They saw the picture. They, I don't know. They told me it was an easy fix, so maybe they've seen a heck of a lot worse.
1: <laughs> right behind the left front tire, you know that little space yeah. that's, what, about eight inches or so? from you know where the you'd have like a mud flap if you're a big truck from there to the door that little gap between the front metal piece in the door that is gash that is ripped i mean that is really it's not yeah, ripped I mean, it's dented in very deep
8: you can see if you want to see the pictures you can see it on my twitter at lightning marita you can see the damage that has been done to my car
1: yeah and then there's a scratch on your door that mm, that mm-hmm. There's a scratch and a dent, but you might be able to sort of deal with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And then the whole mirror of the driver's side door is just completely wrecked. I mean, you hit something big. like
8: I don't know what the heck happened. It was unbelievable. It was crazy. I mean, literally, I didn't see anything in the road. And next thing you know, I hear this crash crash. As if I actually crashed into something, but there was nothing on the road. So it leads me to believe that somehow if it was on the side, like in the shoulder, if somehow my car, like, I don't know, like, just... So and it punctured the it or, tire, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I, I next thing you know, the lights going on, and I got to get off the highway. Then I got to call AAA, and then the guy comes, and he's like, yeah, "I don't know what the heck you hit." Like I don't know what's going on and what you hit. Not to mention, now uh, I'm not a car expert, so I don't know what those was. That like a lug nut. I don't know what the heck that is on the the, the tire. One of them he got that was there five of them. He got four of them off, and the other one was stuck. And it's like it's or they're too tight and he couldn't get it off. So we spent an extra fifteen minutes trying to get the one, the one um, lug nut off. It was unbelievable. I finally got here, obviously. So it was just, uh, it was quite the adventure for me this
1: morning. And then some getting that fixed is going to be tricky. First of all, I guess you can. I assume mechanics are working <laughs> yeah, up in New Hampshire. I got and, a guy. Yeah, but is he, his <laughs> business is open? I assume. So I don't know. Well, it looks to yeah. me like you hit some sort of like l piece metal and as you drove over it it punctured your tire but also bent in and just completely scratched the car as it went by well i'll
8: tell you this too in the area where i was uh on the highway they've been doing a lot of construction there so it leads me to believe that it was a piece of like construction debris left on the shoulder or the side of the road that somehow was either Brushed up or I don't know how it got in my car. Like I, just, you know, it was. But they bottom line is this: lightning.
1: Bottom line is this: you've spread some cheer today
8: for you, (laughs) not for me.
1: Go see the picture at like what's your uh, Twitter address? It's
8: at lightning marita.
1: So at lightning marita, you'll see the pictures of her car and the damage done, and I it'll put a smile on your face. Not because it should be, but because that's who we are as humans. For some reason other people's misery makes us feel good about ourselves <laughs> yeah. and she hit something pretty good um I don't, I don't even want to take calls on this right now because we're going to do this next hour. But Cassie in Belmont, quickly, you're the only one that gets to talk to Lightning on this for now. Go ahead, Cassie.
7: Hey, hi, Lightning. Last year, my husband was driving along in Belmont, and there was a blur uh, outside his driver's window. He actually couldn't see it, and then a deer ran right in front of him. And thank God, it ran straight across fast enough so that he didn't hit it. But it came so close. To being hit by the car, wow. and they, then you know, they're not smart enough to this not go a into deer, the road. Cassie, but yeah,
1: this no, isn't I mean, a deer because this, this
8: was like the broad daylight too, and I definitely. Yeah, it's to a, start, a very
1: but... defined dent that if you took like a the screwdriver, say, and you uh, you pulled as hard dent? as you could, it is a straight line dent of about I don't know, twenty four inches, maybe two feet. A deer like that. has antlers. Yeah, but it wouldn't be just. You wouldn't have yeah, just the one antler at that angle and puncture her tire. She hit something metal, for sure. Yeah, I think I heard, I heard I heard it.
8: Believe me, I heard it, and it scared the heck out of me. Like, you would think I was in a collision, like I, the way it sounded. Yeah,
1: it's like somebody took a fork yes. and just jammed it into your car and pulled as hard as they could. And there was driving.
7: nothing there that you could see,
1: huh?
8: I couldn't see anything. Like, I did not Cassie, see. Cassie, That's why
1: Cassie, I me. think it's a deer, because oh. if
7: you hit it, it would have turned back into wherever it came from. Cassie,
1: Cassie, Lightning is a horrible driver. We've been over this. And <laughs> oh, well, I, don't,
7: I don't fault her driving. I'm I do. Sure it happened because it happened Thanks, to my baby. husband, who's a great driver.
1: I know, but... So while things happen to people that are good drivers, they happen exponentially to people that are bad drivers. Lightning has a lead foot for one. For two, she's been known to drive on the wrong side of the road. Uh, That's untrue. That's definitely not true. I witnessed it myself. That's not
8: true. VB has been clinging on to this story, this false story that he saw me driving the wrong way, and that was never the case. That's never happened. Well, to you, it
1: would have been the right way. I oh, believe you, have... Lightning. Thank, Thank
8: you. I appreciate that, Cassie.
1: Cassie, I appreciate the call. I don't think it was a deer. I don't know no, what it wasn't was, like No, But check out the pictures. I, it's unreal. I don't know. Because you'll be like, ooh, that is going to. Whenever you, even on the driver's door, Lightning, mm. mm-hmm. it doesn't look like much there. But every time you take that to a shop, they go, ooh, yeah, see, that's going to be a problem. It always is worse than you think. And the one on the front, over the metal over the tire, so, that piece on the front section of your car, oh, that's going to have to be replaced, I think. So, or you just live with it.
8: One but. of our followers here on Twitter says, you can buff that right out. Come on, Lightning.
1: <laughs> well, I always think of like yeah, it's that infomercial on, thing where the guy gets that giant suction cup. Yeah. And he pops it yeah. on the car and then it pops the dent right out. Has that thing ever worked for any dent that someone's actually suffered? But I don't I don't oh. I don't think you can buff it out. I think you could just live with it. Then just leave it because it's not affecting your wheel in any way. Can I also so. can I
8: also tell you the follow up to what happened too? Because you know how the t- the drivers you know they'll chit chat a little bit. Hey, like what do you do for work? Whatever you know. So I'm like, oh, you know, I work. I work for a radio station. So for whatever. And he goes, really? So now he starts pitching me on his music because he start he works he, he's a musician <laughs> and he starts he's like, well, maybe I could exchange a little fee here. I'm like, I gotta go. See you later. I gotta get to work. Thanks for the help. Bye. Like it was. Just... Lightning!
1: Well, mean, there was a deal to be struck there. You, Pete McKenzie, will be next... calling you, sir. We work right uh, next yeah.
8: to WZLX. We can make this happen. I think it was more in the wheelhouse of our jamming station. Okay, like oh, it, was, okay. it gotcha. was like a. You could have made that happen. I could have, maybe. He's like, I know you know some people. I'm like, all right, that's well, true. You do know okay. some people. Well, you know. I mean, <laughs> I was, it was. I wasn't expecting like a. You know, a pitch here. It was pretty wild.
1: That can get you off. Guard. It, did, it you're, did. You're flustered. You can't believe what's happened. And now a guys trying to make a under the table <laughs> deal. It's too much for Lightning. She can't do all of that. So anyway, that's Lightning's story this morning, and that's how we started our day. Here's the thing we gotta take a break. But when we come back, as you know, Charlie Baker announced his four phase plan to reopen the state yesterday. Since that time, for example, The mayor of Somerville, Joe Curtatone, who incidentally will be a guest on this program tomorrow at 2.30, so mark that down, can't wait. Um, He has announced that Somerville will phase its reopening in a much more cautious timeline than the states. In other words, if you have a business in Somerville and you heard Charlie Baker and said, look, I don't love it, but at least now I know, well, now you don't know. Because according to Curtatone, Specifics will be in the next couple of days, but until then, you're not reopening. If you have a small business in Somerville, if you have a small business in Boston, if you have a small business on the Cape, et cetera, et cetera, I would love to hear from you about where you are right now, what you think is going to happen with your business, when you think you can open incrementally, and when you think you might be open as you were three four months ago but specifically in these areas marty Walsh is supposed to have an announcement today about his ideas of the boston reopening so we're going to play you some sound from some boston business owners who are not real pleased about where things stand and i would love 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 to hear from you if you're in one of these areas that just because Charlie Baker said it doesn't mean it's so, and you've been put on hold yet again. 617-266-6868 is the phone number. We'll take some calls, kick that around when we come back. It is VB. You're in the middle on this Tuesday right here on WRKM. So Mayor Marty Walsh, the mayor of Boston, is talking about his plans for reopening Boston. Let's go to that live right now.
2: News. No, but every data trend also gives us reason for caution in the terms of how gradual it is, how necessary our precautions have been, and how much potential there is for new outbreaks if we don't keep doing the right thing. That's why we need to keep staying at home uh, and staying also working from home as much as possible, especially our older residents and those with higher risks of illness. We need to continue to practice physical social distancing. We need to continue to keep washing our hands with soap and warm water and disinfecting surfaces as often as possible in your home or in your workplace as people start to go back to work. We must continue to cover our faces when outside of our homes um, and also when you're in supermarkets or stores um, to make sure not only you're keeping yourself safe. but
9: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: other people safe as well that's how we're going to continue to beat back the virus and keep our community safe this is also the mindset we need as we begin phase one of the state's reopening plan reopening unfortunately doesn't mean going back to normal it means bringing that same caution and that same commitment to stop the spread into our workplaces and our community spaces it means continuing to meet the needs of families seniors and small businesses in what will continue to be a very difficult time. And it means continuing to follow the science and the public health guidance as we monitor data at this, in the city as well as the state level. A few things I want people to remember about Boston. We have a population of roughly 700,000 people. We are the third most densely populated major city in the United States of America after New York and San Francisco. In normal times, our population roughly doubles in size every day. All right. Keep watching it, Lightning. If
1: he's going to do this forever, Marty, what is open next week? That's all we want. We don't need all these stats that we've heard fifty times from him. Keep an eye on it, like Lightning, and suck up, and uh, let's see if he says anything different than what Charlie Baker says. In the meantime, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this yesterday. Boston twenty-five caught up with a couple of restaurant owners in Boston. One of them. I named Frank Mendoza. Frank Mendoza was none too happy to hear what Governor Baker had to say yesterday. I can guarantee you he's none too happy to hear what Marty Walsh is saying right now. This was Frank Mendoza yesterday with Boston 25. I have to give up my business that I
3: worked 25 years, sacrificed my life for, okay? For coronavirus, I'll take coronavirus over losing my business, okay? And I guarantee you 99% of the people who are here... We'll do the same thing.
1: So, one of the questions I got for you is what is the mindset right now of people in Boston or in really any city? Again, we get back to Somerville. You know, we can talk about the areas surrounding the Boston area. Are people much more like Mayor Walsh or are they like Frank Mendoza? Are people at their wits' end and it's enough already? Or are people like Marty Walsh saying, look, this has to be staggered. This has to be slow. we got to be very careful. Uh, All right, let's dip into Walsh one more time because apparently he's taking
2: questions. So we have unique concerns and situations about the reason why not for Monday the 25th because it's Memorial Day. In every case, we're requiring contractors to submit a COVID-19 safety plan before returning to work. To help sites meet the requirement, we have hosted virtual safety planning meetings, as well as safety training for inspectors. We have produced a video guide along with other reference materials. Already, we've trained and had nearly 2,300 safety plans submitted to ISD. We've trained all of our inspection, inspectional services staff and supplied them with personal protective equipment. This plan is a good example of how we are approaching the challenge of a safe reopening. We acted early with a construction phase to keep workers safe. We rescheduled the special public health challenges in the industry. We engaged the employers with the workforce around their needs and challenges. And we developed a phased-in plan with guidance and resources for a safe return and continually having communication. For office space, we are also developing a system of guidance and support. We have a uniquely large dense dynamic commercial sector here in the city of Boston. In a wide variety of buildings I and keep workspaces. Paying attention. Like, I can't so I can't say too much of this
1: well cuz it's time. very slow, it's very deliberate and it's what you would expect that he's going to say. He's not going against anything Charlie said. Obviously, he's not going to be more aggressive than Charlie's plan. He's going to be a little slower, and it's going to be a little heavier. In other words, you heard him talking about inspectors. They're going to be having guys going around checking, and they're not going to be real pleased if what Marty says has to be done isn't being done or if people are stretching it. Here's where I get to in the end with all of this. Obviously, the next three weeks – are going to be particularly interesting to see if people can sort of hang in there or if you can, look, this is it. But in three weeks, at least I'll be open. At least we'll be doing 25 to 50% capacity, depending on how that even switches within the three-week period. But we'll be good to go. Where this gets interesting to me is when Mayor Curtatoni in Somerville says, no, we're not doing that. And so people that have businesses in Somerville look around and see that that same business, if it was 10 miles away, would be open, but it's not open where they are, even though Somerville is no particular hot spot at all. I mean, again, we were told from the beginning that Boston was a crazy hot spot, which it was. That's where it started. It's got the airport, all of that stuff. However, Boston's numbers are not ridiculously out of whack from anywhere else. We've been over this... 50,000 times, and I don't want to bore you like Marty is boring us right now. So in the end, where I where I get to with this is the Frank Mendozas of the world, guy who's had a restaurant in the city for 25 years and has said enough. I've sat here for two months now, not able to work, not able to serve anybody, and I want my business back, and I want it back now. How many Frank Mendozas are out there, and how does this go going forward? One of the many questions I have is: There's like, for example, lightning. Do you have the sound from that gym out in Oxford, Mass? For those that don't know, Oxford out by Dudley Mm -hmm. Webster, out that area, uh, just outside of Worcester, south of Worcester. This guy has made the statement that, uh, "Look, I'm opening. We're good. I don't care." And I will pay the fine. His name is Dave Blondin. He owns Prime Fitness and Nutrition. Take a listen.
3: I also would like to call upon all of the gyms in Massachusetts to do the same. Whether you're big, whether you're small, whether you're a studio, whatever you are, start opening your
1: doors. So he says, I'm opening. I don't care. I'll pay the $300 fine every time I get it. But we got to be open, and I want everybody else to do it. In the next week or so, how many people are going to do what Dave Blondin in Oxford is going to do? How many people are where Frank Mendoza is who clearly wants to do that? Are businesses going to just say, thanks for the guidance, but we're going open? And if they do, what are the Marty Walshes, the Joe Curtitonys, and the Charlie Bakers of the world going to do about it? What happens if this gets into that sort of standoff situation? How does it play out? By the way, I don't advise it for anybody, because usually when you fight City Hall, you lose. And I can tell you Marty's not playing. I don't know what they're gonna do in Oxford, however. So I'd love to hear from you if you have a small business and where your mind is at right now. If you know someone that has a small business, what are they telling you? 617-266-6868, your calls, we come back. It's VB, you're in the middle on RKO
2: will be shared next week and will be available to provide support on how to create a plan and help keep your workers safe from in your workplace up and running
1: moon, that's marty walsh he's got a presser going right now is he saying that he's going to have the guidance next week as to what to do is that did i hear that right lightning
8: Yes, as apparently their guidelines for reopening will be shared next week.
1: I don't. There, there's so much wrong with what's going on. First of all, what do you notice when you watch him right now on TV Lightning?
8: Uh, is he wearing a mask? Because I'm not watching it. He
1: isn't. Okay. The, he and the sign language guy with him isn't. Last press conference they had, everybody was wearing masks, and you would walk up to the podium, and once you got ready to speak, you would unfurl, you would take the thing off one of your ears. And you would hang it down or you would pull it down under your chin. Now there's no mask. You know, Wall Street, I don't see anyone anywhere. There's guys inside the building that are wearing them fine, but he's, no one's wearing one there, which is fine, except they're telling us we got to do it, whatever. And what makes it particularly weird for me, one of my biggest pet peeves in all of this, and I know sports is sports, whatever, but they asked two questions he was asked, um, written questions. One of them was from our... Sister Station BZ, as a matter of fact, what's the latest on the marathon? Because we're hearing rumblings it ain't going to happen. He just said, I don't have any update on that. And I think we all know that's not happening, but fine. Somebody else said, what about Fenway Park? And he said, look, I all, we all hope there's going to be baseball there. it would probably be with no fans, but we'd love to get the games going back on just a quick question, why can there be no fans at Fenway? I I don't understand. I really don't understand this, how nationally and locally it's just understood and accepted by people that we can't have fans at outdoor stadiums for baseball. I don't understand that. Marty Walsh is just standing there right now, no mask on. There's a guy six feet to his left, no mask on, and neither of them feel threatened in any way. Why can't that go on at Fenway? Why can't Fenway have baseball with like a third capacity or a quarter capacity or even 50% capacity where every third seat or every other seat has someone sitting in it? Why is that such a problem? And it's got to be every other row and whatever. But why can't there be some people in that stadium considering it's outside? Why is that a problem? And if people have luxury boxes, that's on them to A, sterilize it, B, to make sure whoever's in that box is good to go, because if it isn't, you're going to get sick in that box. But you're not going to infect the rest of Fenway. I don't understand why it's just, yes, the only way we're going to have baseball is with no fans, period. Why? I don't get it. If I was a minor league park, I'd be pushing like hell to say we're going to have baseball in June, July, or excuse me, in July, August, and maybe even September, and we are going to have fans because it can be controlled. I don't, I really don't get it, and why? That's why I point out the mask thing, Lightning. The guy right now that is telling you the guidance that you're going to need to follow, Marty Walsh. The last three press conferences he's done outside of City Hall, he's had a different look: no mask, then half mask. Then everybody wearing mask. Now nobody wearing mask again. It makes no sense. And it's hard to instill confidence when you're saying, look, I got a handle on this, when you keep looking different every time I see it. And so I'm not sure. And then also, I don't get it all that we got to wait another week for people in Boston to figure it out. I would assume what's going to happen in a week is that it's just basically what Charlie said, but even less. And again... Boston is going to be much heavier handed. The question is this, is there going to be a price to pay for that, not only for Marty, but for the city? You guys heard, we talked about this the other day, like this restaurant Stella in the South End that closed was very popular. People loved it. They they just said, we can't, we, we can't do it. This was like three days before Charlie made his announcement. How many more people are going to do that? How many Frank Mendoza's are out there that are saying, I'm not going to sit here and I can't sit here. For another month or six weeks or eight weeks and then get to 25% capacity all while I'm paying rent, mortgage, for kids, all of that stuff. I just, I can't understand what they're thinking and I can't understand how there aren't going to be long-term ramifications for that. For example, if you're a restaurant owner... Aren't you thinking it to yourself at this point? Look, if I take a 20-minute drive north, south, or west, I can get a I can get a place with a huge parking lot, with easy access traffic and no restrictions. Whereas if I go in Boston, I get the heavy hand of Marty Walsh and his gang. Breathing down my neck at all times. And also, by the way, one of the reasons why I want to be in Boston is because there's so much foot traffic. It's such a tourist destination. But none of that's happening this summer. No one's coming into the city because you can't have them in there. I I just don't see how long this gets to go on like this for Boston. Mr. Garcia is in New Jersey. Mr. Garcia, welcome to WRKO. Hello, Bibi. How are you doing?
4: Um, I want to know, Bibi, uh, uh, the school in September. When we going to start school in September? Are you very scared? The school not going to be open? That is the problem we have in New Jersey. I'm, and the governor say, oh, we have to listen to Dr. Fauci because I don't know what we're going to do. But what the hell going on in September?
1: Yeah, I don't... Well, of course, you got to be worried about it, Mr. Garcia, because you're watching right now. I mean, do you think Marty Walsh, at this moment, as he's talking, thinks Boston schools are going to open in September? I don't. But you know, I can tell you this. You're talking about three more months of this, people going out of their mind, people saying, look, we can't just keep our kids in the house all day, every day, and we know every day that goes by, we know that the kids are basically are immune to this thing.
0: Chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. Full rent by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: How they could keep schools closed, Mr. Garcia? I really don't, because one of the problems they're having is—and I told you this was going to happen—the the box they find themselves in is if the numbers go down, while they get to go look what we're doing is working, people also are going to take it less and less seriously, and what we know is, as long as people do the social distancing, maybe wear the mask, clean their hands, all that stuff. The numbers are going to continue to go down because it's getting warmer out and people are going to be outside and we know the virus hates that. So there is no reason to believe that June, July and August is going to be a spike. We know from 1917, 1918 and the Spanish flu, the thing went away in the summer. They thought they'd want it because it was gone. You know why it was gone? Because it was hot. It's going to be hot again. In New Jersey, I heard that they said it might be the hottest uh, summer in 20 years. So. It isn't going to get worse down there this summer. And that means everybody's mindset come September is going to be, let's go. we got to get started again. And somehow they're going to have to convince you that, no, if we do this, this is going to be horrific. And they're not going to be able to convince you. Now, they're going to be able to convince some people, and there are some people that no matter what, think, no, we can't do that, we can't do that, no matter whatever anybody says, unless there's a cure slash vaccine. I don't know. I, I... I look in my town, Lightning, and I think come September, people are wanting to go to school. They just – people want to go to summer camp right now. You know why? Two reasons. One, because they want their kids to learn how to play soccer, learn about fishing, learn about whatever it is you go to summer camp for. The other reason is they want them out of the house. They want them out because as Justin Timberlake famously said, and he took a ton of crap for it, but it's so true. We're not built to be parents 24 7 in confined spaces 24 7. It's tough and it takes a toll. And you can't just tell people you got to keep doing that all day, every day, until further notice, to use Marty Walsh's term. I just don't get it. And so I don't, we don't know, Mr. Garcia, but my guess is. In a lot of places, schools are going to be open come uh, September, but we'll see. Six one seven. There is another question, and I had asked Marty Walsh just before, but was there ever thought given to school in June, July, and August when we know it's hotter and we know people are going to have a better chance at this thing, and you could do a lot more schooling outside in rural areas? But teachers unions, oh, can't can't think outside the box there. So that never that was like a non-starter, apparently because this is how it is. You can't do anything different, you can't try anything different once you get a union involved, and it's just gonna be pay, pay, pay at that point. 617-266-6868 is the phone number. I'd love to hear from you if you have a small business or if you know someone that has a small business, especially if you're in Somerville. As you hear Joe Curtatone say, we're not opening nearly on the timetable that Charlie Baker wants things open. When most people think that what Charlie Baker said was a little too timid. I know because I heard from you guys about this yesterday and you weren't pleased with it. Well, Curtis Tony wants to go much, much slower than Charlie Baker. Are you going to survive if you have a business in Somerville? 617 266 6860 More calls. When we come back. It's one o'clock. Let's get a check of headlines here on RKO
2: hello my little friends If
1: i have to give up my business that i worked 25
3: years sacrificed my life for okay for coronavirus i'll take coronavirus over losing my business
4: i guess what i would say is people need to continue to use their heads on this stuff and and to recognize and understand uh that we are still in the middle of this virus that it's not gone away that we still have positive tests every single day in massachusetts
5: hydroxychloroquine. I'm taking it hydroxychloroquine.
0: right now yeah
5: a couple of weeks ago i started taking it because i think it's good i've heard a lot of good stories and if it's not good i'll tell you right I'm not going to get hurt by
6: it. He was thrown out as a distraction um, because the president always wants to distract from his failures. Let me assure you, the President of the United States is not taking hydroxychloroquine.
7: Our, he's our president and I would rather he not be taking something that has not been approved uh, by the scientists, especially in his age group and in his, shall we say, weight group, has, what is morbidly obese, they say.
1: Hour number two of VB in the Middle on AM 680 WRKO. That was a real interesting moment. Uh, Marty Walsh at his presser. Uh, he was just asked about that gym in Oxford defying the order and saying that he was going to reopen, and they asked Walsh his thoughts on that. So what he, what Mayor Walsh in Boston said is, look, I don't know enough about that gym in Western Mass. Oxford is Central Mass. We do this all the time. But fine. Um, he said, but no gym in Boston is going to defy this order. And it was pretty definitive. No gym is going to defy the order. So is that true? I think it's probably true. Also, he said they said, "Well, how would you enforce it?" He said, "Well, you know, we have we have enforcement measures if if need be, uh, but no gym's going to enforce the order, and no one's going to go in those gyms if they're open again." He said, "I don't know how they could. They've been ordered shut down, so I don't know how they would open, but they won't in Boston." <clears throat> he then did say. One thing that I wish we had more clarity on is who gets to decide on certain measures, certain enforcement, certain things, the state or the city. And we've all been saying this. This is one of the issues with what Somerville's got coming up, which is who gets to decide. If you run a business, let's say you have a barbershop in Somerville, and you heard Charlie Baker yesterday say you're open on May 25th you go oh thank god you start making calls and then as you're making calls you get a message on your phone and you look at it and it's from the mayor's office saying not so fast we're going to be a lot slower here in somerville than this than the governor wants and you're not opening anytime soon what are you thinking what are you going to do so what what happens if you say i'm opening because the governor says i can open and then the mayor says no you can't well what is the for lack of a better term who has jurisdiction there And who do you who do you have to follow, should follow, could follow all of that sort of stuff? And again, one thing for Marty Walsh to answer in relation to the Oxford gym that that's allegedly going to be opening in in defiance of uh, orders. If the business we talked about this with that church in Worcester, if the business is willing to just eat the fine, well, then what are you willing to do? Past that. And what are you legally allowed to do past that? I mean, can you shut them down? Can you put up fences around the property? Can you have policemen there to not allow people into the building? Like, what can you do as a city? 617-266-6868. By the way, we'll get to the phones in one second. But, Lightning, did you see the uh, Ayanna Presley tweet today?
8: Did I see which tweet?
1: The Iana Presley one?
8: I didn't know.
1: <clears throat> the rep who represents among other areas, Somerville. Massachusetts isn't ready to quote reopen, end quote. Policy decisions that offer a false choice between public health and economic recovery will hurt our communities. Ah! I- I well, that was you, not me, Lightning. But I urge Mass Governor to reevaluate his timeline and invest in the support sports needed to keep our families safe. Here's a question for Ayanna Presley, and I would love to ask her this directly, but we've reached out to her multiple times to come on the show, and she's not interested in the least. She just likes sending out tweets like this. But, but Ayanna Presley, when would you feel safe reopening businesses? When do you think you'd have some sort of idea that, oh, it might be okay? Short of a vaccine, when do you think it might be okay to open? Because the answer is never. And the idea that you can just shut this stuff down forever is just mind-boggling. I, I, the reason why I keep talking about Somerville so much is I really feel for people there. And, I on Lightning, you're about two feet from the Somerville line as you sit there in Medford right now. But you got Joe Tony as your mayor, you got Iana Presley as your United States representative, and they both Lightning played the scardy cat sound effect, because in theory they're scaredy cats. I would argue more likely they are just they're a bit power hungry and they also want a they want to help redefine how we live and how we operate going forward in a much more liberal way, if you know what I mean. It is the social engineering thing. Six one seven 6868 Let's go to, back to the phones. Rita is in Somerville. Rita, welcome to WRKO. Hi, B.B.
10: How you doing? Hi, Rita. Hi. How's it going? I am a small business owner in the city of Somerville, which I knew before whatever the governor was going to say, you know, the mayor was going to extend just because, He's thirsty and needs that attention. These small businesses, Somerville is no longer a small business friendly city. It's very difficult to run your business from parking tickets and just whatever whatever it is. It's not a friendly city for small businesses any longer.
1: Rita, what kind of business do you have, if you don't mind my asking?
10: <laughs> well, I prefer not to say we are a very popular Somerville business. Um, we are on the main road of Broadway and people come from all over the state to come to my business and it's getting harder and harder and harder every year Uh, with tax increases. I'm fortunate that I do own the location that my business is in, but it is harder and harder and harder every year with my customers complaining to the prices of the parking tickets or, Just whatever it is, you know, it's, it's, you know, uh, my business is located on the east side of the city and I'm dealing with, you know, daily going in, opening up, dealing with drunk people, puking all over the place, having to clean up before I can even open up for business because people are passed out on the lower end of Broadway, totally inebriated, um, trash all over the streets. It's, it's, it's very difficult, and for the past few years, I've been looking to take the business out of the city, but, you know, we've been there for almost 25 years, so that makes it difficult, too.
1: Are you open right done.
10: now? No, we're not open right now. We're when would you be?
1: If, if Baker's plan the is three. the way. What? Say that again? We're part of the Phase 3 businesses. Yeah, so first of all, can you make it to Phase 3? Can you hang in there until then? Honestly,
10: honestly, I don't know. At this point, you know, with people not wanting to pay for services, if they're not getting the services, why would they want to pay for it? You know what I mean? So Uh I completely understand from the customer's perspective. But, you know, from a business perspective, I mean, what I do, we really can't do much of it online. Um, We're more face-to-face, customer-based businesses. And it's, it's very difficult. It's difficult. The longer they wait, you know, like, like that restaurant on in the North End, like we, my husband and I, we sacrificed the past 25 years of our lives to keep and maintain a business and to have a good reputation and to keep it going, you know, with blood, sweat and tears. And then you have, most of these politicians have never worked for anything but the government or you know for they don't know what it's like to run a small business they don't know what it's like to have to meet payroll or to have to meet you know revenue guidelines so you know they're not seeing the other aspect of the business the day-to-day operations and stuff like that so it's the longer they wait the less businesses are gonna be able to survive
1: so and that's just how it goes but you're, you're obviously – you don't love Charlie's plan, and you know that your mayor is going to be even slower. Are you just assuming oh. that, you know, the summer's over and you're not going to be you... – uh,
10: I hope not. But at this point, depending on how – if we meet Phase 3 and someone continues to extend it, I, I'll probably open and tell Joe Cook, you know, I have another name for Joe, but I'm not going to say it over the radio because it's not – radio friendly but you know i'm gonna have to open my business i have children to provide for i have a mortgage to pay i have my business on my you know my mortgage for my business i have to pay people have to you know work they need to make their money they need to provide for their families this is you know have any of these politicians ever run their own business probably not probably 99 of them (laughs) haven't
1: Let me ask you this. Uh, As a Somerville resident, do you know somebody who's had coronavirus?
10: Um, No, I'm not a Somerville resident. My business is in Somerville, but I I was born and raised in Somerville. I'm a graduate of Somerville High School. I lived there my whole life up until I... With lucky landslots,
9: you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
9: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
11: (gasps)
10: you know, pretty much moved to the city where I live now, but I am in Somerville every day. I, that's, I've had my business there for 25 years every day. I'm yeah, there. Well, The Park reason why
1: Parking. I asked that, Rita, is because the way you would think that it was, in order for somebody to go, oh, look, Charlie's going too fast, I would think you would be in an area where you're like, say what you want, man, it is bad here. It is New York City bad here. Somerville's not. It's not even close. And so the no. idea that, oh, my God, Somerville is so much worse than anywhere else, says who? It's not. You look at the numbers, and you're like, Somerville is just what it would be, you would think. And while, again, anyone getting sick is bad, and anyone dying is obviously horrific, it's not happening at any sort of exponential rate in Somerville, any different than it's happening anywhere else. No,
10: it's, it's not. It's not. And, you know, I just think it's a case of being – you know, I hate to use the word again thirsty and wanting the attention, and oh, you're gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and you know there's there's no need for it there's no there's no reason why some it has to be different like it's gonna be messy if one city's doing this and one city's doing that, and one city it's it's not gonna work together. everything has to move on the same plan you know it's like you have all your employees everybody has to follow the same routine like if you have one employee that's doing this and one employee that's doing that your business isn't going to survive it's like these cities you can't you can't have all these however many cities are in massachusetts it 350 whatever it is you can't have four or five you know super liberal progressive mayors say "Mm, no you know i think i'm gonna keep it longer the you know, some of the past few years has become more of a big business city. Yep. The smaller businesses are struggling there. They're struggling, you know, with Rita, so, I got to hold you the there. But listen,
1: time. listen, yeah. I got the mayor is coming yes. on tomorrow at two thirty. As of now, I am obviously going to talk to him. I will obviously mention you and say, look, we've heard from people in Somerville that think this is insane. So be listening at two thirty because you'll at least get to hear what he has yeah, to Yeah,
10: I'm definitely I'm definitely going to be listening at two thirty. You know, like he took the, the bus lanes, like the traffic, the it's. It's too much. It's too much. It's You're t- trying too hard. And it's, you know, I understand people's help is on the line, but people need to work and to provide for their families, or they're going to be stressed out and not be able. There's going to be more consequences with You're right, Rita. You're other, so other right. Health. I
1: appreciate the call. Really good call. 617-266-6868. More of your reaction to that and where you're at when we come back. It's VB in the middle right here on WRKO. It's VB in the middle. I'm a little bit older than you guys. Some of just, just a little. little. Combined, your age is larger than mine. Let's not lose sight of that. Fact. Is it? Yes.
8: Oh. I don't think so. Is it? Oh, yeah, Can't wrap I'm Seventy?
3: <laughs> not by much. Oh, <laughs> enough. We, we are thirty-five. <laughs> enough.
1: It's enough.
12: Now back to everybody's favorite middleman,
10: VB.
1: This has been going on
10: way too long. Um, I think a lot of small businesses need to get back to work. Um, People have bills to pay, um, you know, and we can't just keep going on like this.
12: Have you gotten any warnings from the state about this
10: move? Not from the state, um, only the town so far, and that was just a small fine.
12: And uh, is
1: is that fine taking effect now, or will you pay that?
10: Um, It's going to take effect tomorrow. Um, I actually have all of my members stepping up. Um, Everybody's willing to pay whatever fine comes in.
1: That's Dave Blondin. He's the owner of Prime Fitness and Nutrition in Oxford. He said, look, I just can't wait anymore. So we're opening. uh, Come what may. And if the punishment is going to be a fine, we'll pay the fine. And I I think this is really interesting. There's a couple things going on here that I'm really interested to see over the next week to 10 days how this stuff plays out. But I assume people are going to start challenging their local officials in the way that Dave Blondin, owner of Prime Fitness and Nutrition in Oxford, Massachusetts, is doing it. You know, Oxford, I know a little bit about that, and They have a slogan about Oxford is where business happens, something along those lines. And he's saying, look, we can't do this forever. And if you're telling me i got to wait three or six more weeks, can't do it. It's much more beneficial to me to say to a guy, look, if, if I run a gym, lightning, I'll use your husband for an example. I don't know what the line is, but if I said to your husband right now, he could go to his gym and work out, but he'd have to pay another $5 on top of his membership every day he works out there, would he do it?
8: Yeah. Yeah, yeah he absolutely, would. Absolutely, without question.
1: So you know what? It takes just a few of those guys, and boom, your $300 fine's paid off. I mean, I don't know what how he's doing in Oxford, but you heard him say – my members are going to you know, help me out here, and we're going to do this so that we can be open. People would do that because they're so starved for this. And out in Oxford, you get, it's a very rural area if people don't know it, blah, blah, blah. you got to say to yourself, okay, so if this guy's sterilizing stuff every hour or every 30 minutes or whatever the time frame is, if he's limiting the amount of people that can be in there to, say, 10 or 15 people an hour... You really think there's going to be a spike in Oxford? And if you don't, deep down, not whatever your fear politics are, your panic porn, all that, deep down, do you think all of a sudden Oxford's going to become a hotspot because of this guy's gym? If you don't, then why would you make him wait for six weeks? And that's that's one of the problems you have. The other problem you have is, and why... Rita, I can't thank you enough for calling in. uh, Rita owns a small business in Somerville. She was on before the break, and I really enjoyed that conversation. And I was also sad about it. Did you notice what I noticed there, Lightning? That Rita was so concerned about sort of pushback or – uh, ramifications for speaking against what's going on in Somerville that she wouldn't, she did. She felt too scared to even mention mm. what kind of business she has.
8: Oh yeah, she, yeah she, knows the cl- she knows the people in Somerville, like she knows some of the... But this can't be where
1: we're at. I know. Whereas you do as I say or else. I mean, again, Joe Curtatone not only is a member of the party that, he's one of the guys at the forefront that talks about, you gotta push back and you gotta... Fight the power. We heard this all along uh, from Hillary Clinton. It's not a wrong to call out power. It's her obligation to call out power. is so scared that something's going to happen to her or her business. If she says what kind of business, she said, I'd, rather, I'd just rather not. I'd rather not even say. She was nervous about calling into the show in case you couldn't tell. Oh, I know. How, yep. how are we at this point, and this is happening, where – people that own businesses and are part of the fabric of communities. In that case, they're right on Broadway, but they're really scared to speak up in any way, shape or form. Again, we've reached out to Frank Mendoza, the restaurant owner in uh, Boston. Haven't gotten him yet, but love to have him on. He was speaking out earlier, but I get the sense that he might be feeling a little bit nervous now. And this is what happens at some point. The rubber is going to have to meet the road on this stuff. And the question is, what does it become? How does it, how does it manifest? If I was Oxford, Massachusetts, you know what I would say to that guy? We are gonna find you right up until Charlie Baker's phase, whatever phase he's in, two or three, kicks in, and then we will stop finding you. And he has said, We're fine with that. And that's where I would leave it. I just I wouldn't push it further unless you have some sort of problem. Six one seven, two six six, sixty eight, sixty eight. Janet's in Norwood. Janet, you're next in RKO. Hi,
7: Vivi. Thank you. Um, first of all, uh, I I worked in a restaurant for 13 years. When I started, a fellow owned one restaurant. When I left, he owned 32. I went out on my own. I owned one restaurant for 13 years, opened another one. I had two restaurants. I was grossing $4 million a year in sales, and I had 110 employees. There were times that I can tell you I would sit at my desk. And listen to the machine in the kitchen to see if it was clicking. If there was a lunch being sold or if there was a dinner being sold. When Jimmy Carter was president, we were paying 22% interest on our mortgages. How can you ask a small business? And I'm, I'm so disappointed in the National Restaurant Association for not coming out with the numbers of people. Every single place you walk into has a busboy and a dishwasher and they buy all kinds of food. They buy paper towels. They buy look at a restaurant. They buy tablecloths. They have laundries. They they do everything. How we how can you walk away from them. And you know how you can when you're a politician, because that's all you know in your life. Do you think Charlie Baker has ever been afraid or worried about money in his life? How do you keep 110 kids working? I went a year without a week's pay because I wanted those kids They were mothers with children. Where were they going to get the money? I had a husband who worked and you work hard in this business and, I worked seven days a week many times in my life. And I'll tell you what, I'm old now. And the kids that worked for me still come to visit me with their children who are already out of high school. And to me, that is more to me than all of the money in the world that I could have. I have love in my heart and friends that I know will be with me forever. And that means more to me. They can have their millions of dollars, but Janet, these politicians have no clue.
1: You're a fantastic caller, Janet. I really appreciate it. I understand your anger totally. And what I what I would say, I guess, right off the bat, is that when when Marty Walsh says I get it, when Charlie Baker says I get it, <laughs> when Joe Curtitone says I get right. I, I don't think they do get it, Janet. I don't know that they understand your passion for they what don't. you did. And I don't think they understand the level of hurt. And I they think that you, you're just naive, Janet. You don't understand. But right. meanwhile, they don't understand you at all. And they don't want to hear from you. But
7: do you know what they did with the minimum wage in the state? Before they raised the minimum wage, Minimum wage in Washington state, Massachusetts had the highest minimum wage out of fifty states. Okay, when Washington, then we went ahead after they had two years of figures in Washington showing they were losing help. Massachusetts passed it, and that two dollars an hour cost every employer five dollars an hour by the time they paid the
1: tax. I'm up against the break. I got to hold you there, but. I appreciate your okay. call, and I will tell you this. Marty Walsh was asked about the restaurants. He said, look, we're talking about it now. We're not sure. There's a lot of questions about who's going to be allowed in and how much, and we're working on that. So the idea that it's going to be 25% off the top, I'm not even sure in Boston. He he didn't give a number and said they haven't decided it yet. You think he's deciding more than what Charlie put forth in his phases? There's no way. So they might be considering less. How is that possibly gonna work i just can't see it lightning grab line three because i think i know who that is and i want to talk to him when we come back you're gonna like this stick around it's vb this is wrko so if you're like me you saw boston 25 probably this morning and if you did, if you didn't, you can check Twitter and check my Twitter account, be the Wise. You will, you will hear a soundbite or see a soundbite from a restaurant owner in Boston who said, I've just had it. I've had it. I've had this restaurant for 25 years. I put my whole life into this restaurant, and now you're telling me I can't open it, and I'm sick of it, and I don't want this. I want it open. I want it open to capacity right now, and I'm done, and I'm tired, and I'm ready to go to work, and I want to go to work. That man's name is Frank Mendoza. He owns Monica's Trattoria right in the heart of the North End in Boston, and Frank is on the WRKO listener line right now. Hey, Frank.
3: How are we doing, guys? Thanks for having me.
1: So I saw your soundbite, and I immediately said to my producer, "Lightning, you got to you got to get this guy because while I don't necessarily agree with everything you said, Frank, I understand mm-hmm. your passion and your anger implicitly because I can't imagine being you right now."
3: Well, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want everybody to to agree or disagree with what I'm saying. You no, know, I'm not forcing anybody to do or, or or say what you know, like how I feel. You know, uh, I know that that there's places that are open right now uh, that have just they're, 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 they're and been busy. They've been open throughout this whole, you know, epidemic. And I just feel like that right now. Uh, I, it should only be fair that my place is open. You know, uh, I just listened to the mayor talking about how going to be the first stages of opening up and this and that. Uh, he looks like he's been getting a haircut throughout this whole epidemic. So, you know,
0: according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
3: I don't want every place to open up. I don't want the barbershops or nail salons or the Walmart or anything else. I think it would be fair enough if we all open up. And, but Frank,
1: you were listening to the mayor, and I think you heard what I heard, which is that he is not, if you think Charlie was timid, and I know you do think that, Frank, Marty is way more timid. He, he's not even talking about when your restaurant might even open at any limited capacity right now. In fact, he said he's not even sure what that minimum number is going to be yet, meaning it could be less than
3: 25%. Well, I, I just don't understand what, what, what they expect us to do. You know, like, well, how, how am I supposed to pay my bills? How am I supposed to pay my bills, taxes, my payroll taxes, my mortgage, my rent? You know, I I, I laid off 100 percent of my workers. Like, what are those people supposed to do? Like, how long are they going to collect unemployment? You know, uh, you know that you know they, they, it, it's kind of, it's kind of a messed up situation. You know, I, I can't sell vegetables in a location that that, that 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 is made to be sit down to have dinner, to have a drink, and stuff like that. I just can't do it. You know, so it's just not being logical. You know, and I understand there's a problem out there and I understand people are getting sick
5: and I don't want to hurt
3: anybody, I don't want to make anybody do something that they don't feel that they're safe to do. But I don't think it's safe for my economy, for the economy of this neighborhood, for the well being of a lot of people, a lot of families, if this continues. You know, if I can't take care of myself and my family, and my community, how am I supposed to take care of the hospitals, the elderly, everybody else? How are they supposed to do it? And I wanna know why the state and the city has people employed one week on, one week off, and they're both being paid. If parks are closed, why do you need a parks department? I don't get it. And I don't understand what the difference is between a restaurant, a coffee shop, a barber shop, a nail salon is the difference between that and, and, a, and a bus, a bus station, a, a, a bus, a train, or a train station. Have you guys ever been to Haymarket lately? It's like methadone. It's like methadone Valley. Is that sanitary? Is this sanitary that kids get killed in Roxbury, okay, in one weekend? It's not sanitary. It's not healthy. But we carry on and we move on. Frank, did uh, you want to talk to, to other restaurant
1: owners blood. in your neighborhood? Do you know guys and women that that are thinking along the lines of you, or are they a little more yeah. measured than you? Well, well,
3: to tell you the truth, you know, there's, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of us that do feel the same way. We have a group that, uh, that we're, we're, we're trying to unite. That feel the same way. A lot of people are scared. You know, one one thing about this city is it's a very tight city. So you have to watch out what you say and what you do. Okay, City Hall and the state have a lot of power over you. Okay, so so, so a lot of people are not maybe out more outspoken than, than myself or my brother, but there there is a bunch of us. You know, I have a I have a, a, a local restaurant right up the street called Carmelina. Uh, uh, great great guy does great stuff for the community. Okay, uh, he's involved. Uh, You know, we have at least 12 or 15 people right now who are involved, and then there's the silent people who want to be involved, but they're scared, okay? And imagine what kind of fear they're putting in. They're not scared about catching the virus. They're scared about losing their licenses. They're scared about losing their RKVC license. They're scared about getting fines. They're scared about going to jail. You know, how is it that in this city right now, you're allowed to go into a store and shoplift, okay? But you're... You may get a fine for not, wearing a, for, not, for, not, for not wearing a mask. It just doesn't make sense. How, how different is a beach than a dining room? I, don't, I just don't understand. Who's going to regulate this stuff, too? Who's going to take temperatures of people that come into the restaurant? I have to. Why are you putting me in the front lines like that? How much do I have to charge? How much do I have to pay uh, hostesses to take the temperature of people? It's just
5: ridiculous.
3: Frank, I'm looking at your restaurant
1: to... online. I'm looking at pictures of your restaurant, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so if I'm you, Frank Mendoza, <clears throat> owner of Monica's Trattoria, and I'm told by Marty Walsh, look, whatever the date is, let's just pick a – let's say June 20th. Frank, I'm going to allow you to okay. open on June 20th, but it's going to be at 25% capacity. I'm looking at your place, and I'm thinking, Frank, you going to be able to make that work in any way, shape, or form?
3: No, I can't. I uh, I can't. And that's another, another thing that we all been talking about, okay? Everybody, okay? If I can only have 25% of uh, occupancy and in, 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 in my my restaurant, I should be only allowed to pay 25% of my bills, okay? I should be allowed to only pay for 25% of my mortgage. I should only have to pay 25% of my electricity, gas, payroll, taxes. Do you understand that people don't 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 the majority of people, maybe 90% of the people in this state, don't understand? that every time that I cut out a check, I get taxed on it? And on top of that, okay, when you open up your check, the third of it is taken out. People don't understand that. Meals tax? Meals tax are, are due in the end of June for the months that we've already missed. I haven't made a nickel. I mean, and I'm telling you, these people do not make you feel confident. Why is, why is it that the mayor, okay, that work right up the street, the city hall, including the governor, which is maybe maybe 10 more minutes away from us, why haven't they come and talk to us?
1: I think this why? is the greatest point, Frank, which is that committee that they put together at Charlie Baker's, and I know Walsh has a similar thing. Why? I don't know that you need to be on it, Frank, but somebody like you needs to be on it. The, the quote-unquote common to man. The
3: hey, to tell you the truth, sir, I don't want to be on it, but why hasn't anybody come over here and talk to us, Okay. They have one one restaurant owner on there, okay, that it costs you $150 to $200 a person to eat there. Easy. Okay? Why has anybody come to represent the North End, one of the oldest neighborhoods in the country? My restaurant and my store is a block away from the Old North Church, where the country was founded. The amount of revenue that this neighborhood gives to the city and the state is ridiculous. And we're going to get those numbers. And we're going to bring those numbers into the state. and We're going to bring those numbers into the new stations because it's ridiculous. They just rolled up property taxes up. We're going to get all those numbers because the amount of money and revenue that the North End brings to the city is amazing. And I'm going to tell you another thing, sir. Okay. When I grew up in this neighborhood, it was a wonderful neighborhood. Great people, mostly families and stuff like that. But there was a lot of problems, you know, and thank God for right now, those problems don't exist anymore. All right. The lack of drugs, the lack of violence, the 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 lack of attacks that happened in this neighborhood was had to do with the police department, but the majority of that had to do with the residents and the and the business owners.
1: Let me ask you this, Frank, and let me this will be my last question for you. But how long can you just sit by and wait? How long can your business still be there uh, unopened? All right. Um, To tell you the truth,
3: financially, financially. It's electro- I, 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 I don't know, because if I have to, I, 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 I'll go into my, I'll do whatever it takes for financially. But mentally, it's, it, 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 it's a down on that. I, I worked 25 years alongside with three other three other people, okay? The name of the restaurant was named after my mother, okay? And they took it away from me in one day. 25 years. I was 16. My older brother was 25. I you know how hard those first 25 years were? We could have done anything. If I worked for the MBTA right
1: now, I'd be retired. Okay? Frank, I, I no. got to tell you, you're a fantastic caller. I, I'm sorry this is happening to you like I am to every business that we speak to. I think your concerns and fears are well-founded. I know I, I watched you last night. I said, this is a guy who so desperately wants to reopen right now and defy the mayor. I, my advice is don't do that but i know you're going to do whatever you got to do come what may and i hope somehow this summer or in the fall i can come get a meal at monica's but i don't know well let me tell
3: you man for me to have to talk to you like this is very dangerous okay because i'm giving you my name and i'm giving you my business i i, I know i know the mayor i hosted the mayor at, at my restaurant okay for his, for his for his party when he when he won the the last election this is something that you think i want to do I'm embarrassed, okay. But they took my livelihood away. Okay, this is the way that I provide for my family. This is how they get sneakers. This is how they get health insurance. This is how they go to school. This is how they live life. Okay, all right. At one point, enough, enough, enough. enough okay. And you know what? I don't trust them. Neither one of them. Okay. And, and and I'm and I feel awful to say it. Okay. I don't trust the governor and I don't trust the mayor at all. Okay. And that's right. it. I don't sit in my I don't sit in my living room in press conferences. I'm right here every single day. So if the mayor, the governor, anybody wants to see me, I'm at the corner of Salem and Prince every single day. I'm not in my living room hiding like a coward.
1: Frank, I really appreciate your time. I wish you the best of luck. Hang in there. And again, I I want to tell you the good things around the corner, but I don't know. So just try and hang in there.
3: Well, we will, man. And, and God bless you guys. Make sure you keep up the good work. And, 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 and I'm telling you, man, I'll be here. I'll be here to the last breath.
1: Frank Mendoza, owner of Monica's Trattoria on the WRKO listening. I really appreciate it, Frank. we got to take a break. Your reaction to that call, and if you can feel his pain when we come back. It's VB. You're in the middle on RKO. It's VB in the middle. What is it the godfather said lately?
8: We'll make him an he can't refuse.
1: That is just a horrific impression <laughs> of the first order, and I am so, so sorry that I came to you on that.
8: Waffles isn't here, so I, I'm go- I'm what you got for the uh, impression. Do you
1: want a mulligan? Do you want to try Gonna that again? Yeah, he's got it. Going it- to make him an offer you can't refuse,
12: huh?
8: Come that on. was good. That okay, was good. so there's let no, me hear no, you no, do there's it There's no again. need for me to do it now. There's no need.
2: Now, back to everybody's favorite middleman. BB, I support indoor outdoor because a lot of our a lot of our restaurants don't have the ability to do outdoor, and I think they don't have the space, um, and, you know. And some of our neighborhood restaurants, they, they the only outdoor they have is a sidewalk, and we have to be creative there in how we create opportunities for them. So I, I think it, it can be a combination of both.
1: That's Marty Walsh talking about maybe if and when restaurants reopen in Boston, but he wouldn't put a timetable on it and wouldn't say what capacity would be. You just heard from Frank Mendoza, the owner of Monica's Trattoria, right in the north end saying he doesn't trust Marty anymore, he doesn't trust Charlie Baker anymore. He's going out of his mind. It's not so much the financial burden, although the financial burden is great, it's the mental strain on him. Because he cannot do, he's not being allowed to do the thing that he loves, and he's not being able to, to run the business that he knows. And it is driving him crazy. He was a great call. Reader in Somerville, same thing, great call. This is your day to vent and to just let these politicians know. What I hope and what I'm offering you is that, for example, we got the mayor of Somerville on tomorrow. Let him know. They're listening now, I can assure you. Let him know who you are and what you're feeling because they keep telling you they get it, but Frank doesn't think they are getting it. Rita doesn't think they're getting it. And so we got to keep getting after it. We got to keep these guys. The idea that Marty Walsh thinks that Frank can just sit there as long as it takes and just be cool with that. He's not cool with it. And he can't do the outdoor dining thing and he cannot operate at 25% capacity. There's got to be some sort of way this can be done that people like Frank can get back to work. Lisa's in Boston. Lisa, you're next here on RKO.
13: Hi. Hello. Hi, Lisa. Um, hi. No, I'm, we're calling from Brockton. And oh, we Brockton, own a business. okay. Yep. Hello. Yes, and um, I don't see why everybody in the state is being punished from tiny towns. To the big city when we're all different, and Brockton is quite a hot spot right now still for Corona. So why should someone in Oxford or Bridgewater or I don't know, name the other any other town? Why should these businesses um, feel like they're being punished for everybody's?
1: And I've, I've said this, issues. Lisa. While I and I, I know you guys didn't like when I said this. Yes, I thought Charlie's plan was much better than I thought it was going to be, and I gave him a seven, and you guys were ripping me all day yesterday for that, totally fine. What I would have done if I was Charlie, and the reason why it wasn't an eight or a nine or whatever, is I would have, I've told you this, I would have had three sectors. I would have had Western Mass, Central Mass, Eastern Mass, and you can say even within that, You could do five, six, seven, eight different sectors if you wanted. But I would have said, look, there is no reason why Oxford and Boxford, which are, what, 90 miles apart, have to operate under the same guidance. There's no reason why Boxford, excuse me, Boston, and or let's put it this way. I'll be clever about it, Lisa. There's no reason why Quincy and Adams – have to have the same regulations they're completely different town cities with different populations different spaces different layouts and different cases. Quincy obviously has a lot more going on with coronavirus than Adams does and yet Adams has to operate under the same rules as uh Quincy I'm with you I don't think it makes sense yeah. Yep, but this is where we're uh, at. Exactly, so.
13: and you know, I mean, Brockton. We we uh, we look at. I look at the statistics every day after four o'clock on the deaths and the new cases confirmed. And um, you know, eh, Brockton's tough right now, but um, I think they should look at that if they want to open things up in a better way.
1: But Lisa, so you heard me earlier. I told you that Ayanna Presley, for example, the congresswoman from the Somerville area. Tweeted out today that bo- that Massachusetts is not ready to reopen and we shouldn't be doing this. And Charlie Baker is rushing this. Do you feel like Charlie Baker is rushing this?
13: No, I just think it's got to be done differently. I not at all. It's not rushed. We've got to get this economy going again. I, I
1: appreciate the call, Lisa, and I. This is what today is about. It's about frustration. Look, and, and you can't tell me that the challenge is facing the Cape and the islands are the same as are facing uh, Shrewsbury, for example, or Hudson. I, I mean, Again, we can do this all day, but in, in a touristy shore town or city here in Massachusetts, they have really unique concerns that are not the same as some of the farming communities out in Central and Western Mass that don't get tourists but just want to have the few businesses that are in their area open to do it within the guidelines and the guidance. And it's driving them crazy, and we all understand why. One-size-fits-all never makes sense. I know it's easier for politicians to do it that way, but it never makes sense for you as an individual, and this, in this case in particular, it doesn't. Within that, I can tell you this, though, Lisa, and I'll I'll have the politicians back a little bit on this. No matter what they do, there's always going to be problems. There's always going to be people that aren't happy, and there's always going to be those cases that go, but what about, and they're going to be right. You. This is why I always get back to the Chris Christie quote. You cannot and you do not have the luxury to be perfect here. You can't be perfect. You can't. So all you can do is the best you can, understanding that not all of it is going to go great. For Charlie, that meant everybody one-size-fits-all on this slow three-week timetable in between phases. And, I, you, again, we hear every day of businesses that say we just can't do it this way. And when you hear that the mayor of Somerville says, yeah, we're going to be a lot slower than that, I don't know how. I just don't know how you're going to hang in there in Somerville. 617-266-6868. Quick break, top of the hour. We'll get a check on news right back to your phones. Love to hear from you. If you own a small business, get your reaction to some of the small business owners we've heard. Also, we'll talk more about these politicians. It's 2 o'clock. You're listening to VB in the Middle on AM680 WRKO.
4: But I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, VB, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change. Is to be as judgmental as possible about other people, and that's enough. It's BB in the middle, and you know this this idea of purity and you're never compromised, and you're always politically woke and all that stuff. I, you should get over that quickly. Now back to everybody's
12: favorite middleman. You know that's not that's not bringing about change on WRKO.
1: Hour number three of VB in the middle on AM 680 WRK. It's funny. Just uh, had a quick text exchange with a friend of mine, Lightning, during a break, and he said, uh, enjoying the show today, although it feels like a kick to the – he didn't say on the text, but I'll put that in there. Look, Lightning knows this more than anybody. The show that we had planned out today and we're talking about at around 11 o'clock versus what it is, very different. You know, we were talking about are we going to talk about this Trump hydroxychloroquine story and are we really going to kick that around? Um obviously lightning's at a car accident which we could have some fun with and sort of change the subject a little bit. We could do that. We could talk about summer camps. We got a whole sort of l- list of things. There's a there was a Senate hearing actually going on this morning that was only mildly interesting bill barr talking about obama and biden not being prosecuted all that stuff is out there but i really feel like you know today today's the day after d-day and you know what you do after d-day you evaluate d-day and you think to yourself okay that was crazy where did we go right where did we go wrong and what can we do you know one of the things about charlie's plan I don't care what anybody says, you know, these things aren't written in stone. They're not the Ten Commandments. So it shall be written, so it shall be done. Whether or not they understand it, things are flexible, things are fluid, and things can change. How do I know that? Because you saw it with the golf courses. Whatever you think as to why Charlie opened the golf courses, I actually think it was because he just knew it was the right thing to do. Others think it was because his friends at Mince Levin asked him to do it. Dun, dun, dun. Um, but I can tell you this. Charlie wasn't planning on doing that up until he did it. Things are fluid, and things can change. So the idea today is, and as we've gotten going here, I realize, I think we've all had about 24 hours to digest Charlie Charlie's plan and to start to hear from some of these other guys like Kurt Tony and Walsh and say, okay, so where is this dust settling? And what I'm finding more and more is that you know, not you're not happy about it, and this is gonna hurt you more than maybe we realized yesterday. And so you know that people in the governor's office are hearing you. I hope you know that. People in the mayor's office are listening, and I can tell you that people in the Mayor of Somerville's office is listening because he's coming on tomorrow, and they want to know what they're walking into. So this is your chance to be heard to say, look, this is why this is unacceptable to me. It's not just go, oh, all is lost, you guys suck, see you later, although you can do that if you want, but this is this is why this can't go. This is why Frank Mendoza, the restaurateur from Boston who called in last hour, I said, look, if we operate at 25% capacity, that ain't going to work for me because guess what? I don't get to just pay 25% of my bills, and here are all the bills that I have come and do. And he listed them. And that is so true. And it's just... The idea that some businesses only get to have a quarter of their business going while others get 100% and they don't see why that's true and why people in government aren't getting unpaid furloughs and why people in government aren't being laid off when they have to lay off 100% of their employees, they don't think it's right, they don't think it's fair, and the idea that Boston is going to have to wait longer than other people in the state, people in Boston are going out of their minds. People in Somerville are pissed. I, understand. I get all this, and this is your avenue. This is your place. Air it out. Let's talk about it, and maybe, just maybe, we can push these guys just a little bit. I'm not promising it. That's for sure. But maybe, just maybe, someone will hear you, and someone will say it's enough already. Let's go back to the phone. 617-266-6868. Mike's in Middleborough. Mike, you've been patient. Welcome to WRKO.
14: Thanks, Phoebe.
11: Um, thanks for having me. I just wanted to let me... Ferratoni, and Mr. Baker know what I'm going to be doing for Memorial Day. My Memorial Day is going to consist of me leaving the state of Massachusetts and going and spending my money in Vermont. And then I'm going to spend my Memorial Day holiday there and come back to Massachusetts. And then I'm going to go to Rhode Island and spend my dinner money there during the week and go out to eat a couple of times. And my wife wants to go shopping, so I'll probably take her to the Rockingham Mall in New Hampshire so she can go do some shopping as well. If this is what they want, this is what they'll get. I don't want to do this to my small businesses. I have friends that own small businesses. I belong to a private club that I'd like to see open someday. But I don't think it's going to happen, not with these draconian laws. And I want to know, where is Andrew Lelling? How come he's not filing suit against Charlie Baker?
1: Yeah, so we we had Andrew Lelling on a couple of weeks ago, Mike, as you well remember, I think. And yeah. we, were, we were talking about jurisdictions and who gets to decide on certain things one of things he told you Mike was he doesn't understand and is very concerned about the fact up in New Hampshire for example that they told salons they can open but they can't use hair dryers and he said do we really want our government officials to have that kind of authority and to be micromanaging at that level well that certainly is true on a broader scale right it's just not one thing it's everything The problem is, no one knows, in his reading of it, if you remember the interview, was that he thinks they do sort of have the discretion within emergency parameters for some of this stuff, and that's where it gets tricky. I don't know what cause he has to sue them on. The question would be more, Mike, if you're the gym in Oxford, for example, if you open up and you say, we'll pay the fine, and then they literally shut you down and bar you from going into your building... That's when you've got the suit on your hands. But that's yet to happen anywhere, even with that preacher out out in uh, Worcester. Nobody's done that yet. Well,
11: I can tell you from my my personal stance, I owe the state of Massachusetts right now about $1,200 in income tax from my last filing. They can pound sand. They ain't going to get it from me. They're going to have to drag it from me if they want my income tax money. And I advise others to do the same, especially these businesses. Don't pay. Don't pay your taxes. Tell them you can only pay a quarter of it because that's all they're allowing you to open. And then let's see how the state changes their tune and these towns and cities change their tunes. When you hear them in the pocketbook, that's when they start to hurt.
1: Mike, I appreciate the call. That's true of everybody, and it's true of government. Like the number one thing i have heard for the last six weeks and that i have heard today from people not only on this show but just in life and the few people that i come in contact with while i shelter at home or now i'm safer at home i guess is that people are pissed that they're not feeling it and they don't understand and can't stand That nobody in government's been laid off, nobody in government's taking pay cuts, nobody in government's doing unpaid furloughs, nobody in government is feeling anything like the rest of us are feeling. And Charlie Baker, Marty Walsh, everybody else, if you're listening, that was the number one, I think, mistake that you made. When you shut everybody down and didn't shut yourselves down, that was a problem. Now, I understand. You can't shut everything in government down. DCF, you can't just say, forget it, we're done, no more DCF, or whatever initials they're using now. You can't have certain things go down. However, you can make do with less because that's what you're telling us to do. So why aren't you feeling that in the way that we're feeling it? Again, I told you this before. A friend of a friend of mine won a scratch ticket for 1000 bucks, but he hasn't been able to cash it for over a month. But let me tell you something. What you just said, Mike, you're not going to pay those taxes. I have a feeling they're going to get their money from you, and they're going to be on your case a whole lot more than they are on the guy that won the scratch ticket for 1000 bucks, and he can't cash it yet because they care a lot more about their money than they do about your money. We know that. 617-266-6868. Bob's in the car. Bob, you're next on RKO.
6: Well, uh you just took the, the thunder from me. Basically, that's really the, the real crux of it is the double standard is that if they were feeling any pain whatsoever, believe me, it would change. And I think that as long as we allow that and we don't have anything, any leg to stand on, you're right. They're going to go after that guy for 1200 bucks, and he's going to – they'll lean his house. They'll take – they'll do all the things they can. They have the power. We don't have any power. And I think really people need to rise up and, and just speak their mind and calmly – you know, go and the only thing we have is the vote. And you got to remember, you can't forget when you get past this, the people that did what they did to you. You're going to, you're going to react with the vote. That's the power you have. Never forget that. You're going to react with your vote when it comes time to vote for these people who have just totally, you know, made a decision that Walmart's okay to have all kinds of people, but the little guy in, in, in Somerville, he can't open his doors and have 10 people there. It's just not right. It's not equitable, and it needs to change. But remember your vote, because it's the only way you can pay him back.
1: Good call, Bob. I appreciate it, and I appreciate your patience. You know, one, But one of the problems with that, I guess, the only problem with it, Bob, is that we live in Massachusetts. So if you're going to speak with your vote, well, what's the choice going to be? So you don't want Charlie Baker to be governor. Okay, I understand that. Guess what your choice could be? It could be More Healy. Like, you go on that route, and it, this is where we run into trouble. Uh, and we feel like we don't have a voice because it's that 70% that wins every time, and they decide, and they think Ayanna Presley's great, saying we shouldn't be reopening at all, which is what she basically tweeted today. It's unbelievable. 617-266-6868. More of your calls in a minute. It's VB in the Middle, right here on RKO. It's DB in the middle. Things that you guys will never understand the pleasure of. Okay. Kind of like just checking a phone booth to see if there was a diamond. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
9: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no,
11: Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case,
2: I pronounce you Lucky.
1: Wow, lightning! Doesn't that sound like so much fun?
8: Yeah, that sounds really, like oh, man. Ooh, <laughs> man. We missed out. You must be like hooting and hollering Woo-hoo! all the way down the street just, after you've You guys too.
1: won't understand. You're walking by a phone booth and you just go like that, and then there's a diamond. It's like, man, I just hit the lottery. You, I it do was the greatest feeling ever. I do ever. that to the vending machines here every morning when I walk in.
12: Now back to everybody's favorite middleman, VB.
2: In, in some of the documents, it, it says that the state the city cannot shut down an industry for covid related they can shut down for health risks something like that would want we want clarification on that so for example if you had a restaurant that we could shut it down for health risks but if it was covid related if there was an outbreak in a particular restaurant we would not be able to shut that restaurant down the way it's written today so i, I want clarity on that that would be my public health department would be able to go in and shut down a restaurant for covid related um uh, situations that's the one area in, the, in it
1: I mean, so if you're Frank Mendoza and you're sitting on your restaurant that you've had for 25 years and you're hearing that, how do you have any confidence? I appreciate the candor, but, I mean, Marty must understand how people have been sitting on their butts or staying in their house for eight weeks now, some cases longer than that, and this is what you're supposed to know. Your job is to know what the rules are and who gets to say in this and what the limits of your discretion is. And yet you don't know after all this time. And, again, one of the – so when you say you hear them and you get it, it doesn't sound like you do if you don't have the answer to that question now. Now. This was – Lightning, do you remember we, we kept talking and uh, we've been talking to Dave Andelman, the owner of the Men in Twin Drive-In, for the last few weeks because mm-hmm. – and they they appear to get it looks to me like they're going to open on the 25th which means they'll lose the long weekend but at least they know when they're going to be open but his point all along was and one of well one of his points was it's never been clearly defined who gets to do what when and and why and I feel like Walsh is still telling you to this day that they're not entirely clear, at least on some of this stuff. He said that that's the one question, but it's not the one question. There's there's a myriad of questions. He even told you we're not sure what the number is going to be if and when we do reopen restaurants. What the what what amount of people we're going to allow in there yet? So I get that this stuff's a, you know work in progress and there's a lot of things going on or whatever, but there's a ton of questions. That we don't know and that he doesn't know. And it's why people are going, Jesus. I I think in the end what we all like, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Lightning, and I hate to have you be the one who makes that call, but humor me. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't we all love one town in the Commonwealth, one section of the city of Boston where we go, you know what? Do it. You guys go. You go full throttle. Let's see what happens. You know, In an ideal world, if you could contain that area and say, I don't care, just for example, I'm not singling out any areas, but let's just, Southie, boom, you guys open, open at 100%, we're going to check back in two weeks, let's see what happens. Meantime, we're going to do this slower than molasses phase-in plan, and we'll see what happens. The problem is we don't have that test group that we can go, oh, but when they did it that way, it wasn't that bad. Or it wasn't bad at all. It was the same. They had the same amount of people in the age groups that are being affected, being affected, but otherwise people were, were allowed to carry on. We don't know what would happen if that was allowed to go on. What we're told is it's an automatic slam dunk guarantee that not only would be there be a massive spike, that, but people are going to die in droves. But nobody nobody knows whether that's true because we're fast approaching June, not March. The climate, for one, is very different. For two, we're all operating under different guidelines and distancing and cleaning and all of that sort of stuff. So we don't know. Short of having that little sample that we could sort of study and watch, the Sweden of the city, as it were, we're all thinking, man, you guys are killing us. And the reason why we're thinking that is because you guys are killing us. You're telling us you understand our pain, but you're doing nothing to ease it. And you're not even talking to us. You're really not. That's what Frank Mendoza's point was. You're not talking to me. I've never talked to anybody. All I've been told is what I can and can't do. And what I can do is nothing. That's why people are going out of their minds. 617 266 6868. Back to the phones uh scott's and peabody scott you're next on rko how
5: you doing vb you hear me
1: i got you scott
5: all right uh i have a couple points to make um first off we were told on honor about uh what march 14th or 17th they were going to shut down everything and the 15th, big need yeah. was okay so we needed to flatten the curve the popular language we needed to social distance we needed to stay at home we needed to not overwhelm the hospitals. We needed to make sure that the ventilators were there, that the PPE stuff was there, um, that we didn't overburden our health care system. Well, I think we've done that for two months. And if it was a I'm not doubting that this virus is a legit virus. But we're talking, what, maybe one point four million people in Massachusetts for a population. And we have, what, maybe under six thousand deaths. Um, I understand that that social distancing might have had a great effect on some things, but by and large, a lot of a lot of these deaths, sad as it is, is with the elderly and with people with very weak immune systems. When do we transition to start opening up our sector? We've tried to do this. We've done it for two months now, and uh, quite frankly, they keep moving the goalposts back and back, and I think – that this is a play by the government, by Massachusetts, to try to get Fed dollars, and they're gonna they're gonna take out whoever they whoever goes down goes down. But they want their money from the feds, and they don't care how long they slow walk this. Um, I, I think it's a travesty. I think it's unconstitutional. And uh, how many people have fought and died for this country, for our civil liberties, and for our constitutional rights to you know provide for our families and to be a free society?
1: So, David, uh, excuse me, Scott, one of the reasons I'm, I apologize, I'm looking at a thing on my phone as we speak. Uh, one of the things that gets me on this, Scott, is and one of the reasons why I said that Charlie yesterday, I gave him a seven when most of you wanted to give him a one or a zero is I I just I don't think that we understand how many people in Massachusetts, as we would put it, are out of their minds. I, I, I use Ayanna Presley as an example. She is one of our Congresswomen that represents us in Washington, D.C., and she tweeted out today, it is way too soon for Massachusetts to reopen. We're nowhere near where we need to be, and reopening shouldn't be happening. I mean, do you realize, Scott, how many people in this Commonwealth think that until there's a cure, we can't go back to anything? Way more than it's you would insane. want to believe. And that's what's so frightening to me. At some point, it comes. At at some point, you can't. As I always tell you, the the quote from the guy in England who used to is retired now, but I think he was a health expert out there. He wrote an editorial and said, "At some point, your reason for living can't be to just be avoiding dying. There has to be more to it than that." And for a lot of these people, Ayana Presley's one of them. It seems like no, all we're gonna do is just avoid this until there's a cure. By the way, no one knows if there's ever going to be a cure because maybe we never get one. Maybe we get one in six months. Maybe we never get one. And maybe the thing goes away. Maybe it doesn't go away. No one knows. One of the things that Marty said today, and I know we got to break lightning, is Marty said he'd rather go slower than fast because we've got to get it right here in Boston so we don't have to do this again. First of all, we can't do it again. We just can't. That's number one. But number two, what the implicit assumption in Marty's statement is, is that there definitely is a path to getting it right and avoiding a second wave somehow. But no one knows whether that's true. You could do everything in your power and boom, you could get hit in the fall and you could get hit three times harder than we did in the late winter, early spring. The idea that we can, quote, get it right there's no right here. And you're living in la-la land, and you're lying to yourself if you think you can, quote, get it right. 617-266-6868. Back to your phones in a minute. It's me in the middle, right here at WRKO. I saw the light in a sunrise sitting
0: back in a 40
1: on the muddy riverside getting baptized in holy water and shine with the dogs running. So, just as an FYI, as you well know, Lightning, you've had it in your open today. Uh, Nancy Pelosi last night talking about Trump taking the hydroxychloroquine. Said, well, we know he's older and he's morbidly obese. Trump was asked about that today. I Actually, am, again, I'm surprised Ooh,
8: yeah. what did he say? by his reaction.
1: Uh, he just said, I don't talk about her. She's a waste of time. Oh. And, he, you know, he dismissed her with his hand and i guess he was asked again about it a second time and said what do you expect she has mental problems
8: uh if you do want to hear her comments specifically though too i did put it up on wrko.com i know it's everywhere but you can also see it uh, on wrko.com
1: suck up see if you can find the mental problems cut because this is where we're at right now the speaker of the house of representatives in Congress is calling our says our president is morbidly obese and that president is referring to our speaker of the house in terms of her mental problems. <laughs> oh, nothing to see here. Shelter at home is going swimmingly. <laughs> but that represents everything in the country. It's just where we are. This is who we are right now and it's unbelievable. 617-266-6868 talking about the uh, Charlie Baker four-phase plan And or Marty Walsh, Joe Curtatone, everybody else is. No, we're going to go slower than that. I'm not real comfortable with some of this stuff. I think it's too fast. And again, I'm going to remind you, Ayanna Pressley, for example, said that we shouldn't be reopening Massachusetts right now. You know what's weird about that, the whole lightning? What? There is someone who's from Massachusetts who wants to be the vice president of the country, right?
8: Mm Mm-hmm. In
1: fact, she's the senior senator from Massachusetts. Does anybody know her position on this? Has anybody heard anything from her?
8: No, actually, now that you bring that up. Are we
1: opening too fast? Are we opening too slow? Should we be doing anything? You would think she would have some opinions on this. Similarly, Ed Markey, Joe Kennedy, they're running for United States Senate right now. I would think that they would have some strong opinions on this. Sometimes it's what people say that drives you crazy. Other times it's when they don't say anything at all that you go, oh oh okay so that's who you are you're the just sit back and stay out of it person got it 617-266-6868 let's go back to the phones david's in lexington david you're next on rko hey
5: bb thank you for taking my call you know the the fatal flaw with this country is that our politicians aren't patriots they're in it for the adulation and, and and grandeur they're not patriots. I mean, damn, if Baker and uh, Walsh were in World War Two; we'd be goose-stepping, speaking German, on our way to get a schnitzel schnitzelbrubin. You know what I mean? These guys are weak. It's, it's god-awful, you know? I mean, I t- they just can't stand them.
1: Yeah, look, okay. I don't ever question somebody's patriotism. I think we're all... Massachusetts residents, we're all United States citizens. We all believe in the country. We have different views of the country and different views of how things should go, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't want to get to the point where I say you're not patriotic. I just don't think I just don't think they represent their constituents. I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I think but they David,
5: got COVID-4 because they don't have a pair between them.
1: That's a good line. Thank you. But but I will tell you this, though, David, and I had this problem yesterday where we went back and forth on it, and I took a ton of abuse from you guys. I think sometimes we forget who their constituents are. Again, if you believe it, and I do, the Suffolk University poll, the recent one, said Charlie Baker had an 84% approval rating on how he was handling coronavirus. That's his constituents. It's not you or me. It's, it's the rest of Massachusetts, which is ridiculously liberal and ridiculously nervous about this sort of stuff. I bet if you asked approval ratings of Ayanna Presley right now, her being the one that says we shouldn't be reopening at all, I bet she's got good numbers on that. I don't think she just willy-nilly threw that out there. I bet that plays well for her. Look at the district she represents, the mayor of the main city, in her district is now saying, we're not going at all. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
9: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. (gasps) No,
11: Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case,
2: I pronounce you Lucky.
9: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See
1: website for details. All oh, like the state is. That's way too fast. So either they don't know their constituents, or we don't know their constituents. And and I hate to tell you, David, I think it's that we we just forget how crazy left this state is. And how willing they are to tell other people what to do. You gotta, you gotta remember that. Okay. There, there's, there's more than two kinds of people in the world. But there is, if you want to strip it down, there are people who believe in "Hey, mind your own business," and there's other people who believe. But your business is my business. And in Massachusetts, it's that latter category that dominates, always. And not only do they want to get in your business, they want to tell you how to handle your business, always. It's why Elizabeth Warren famously said, that company you got, you didn't do that, we did that. And you and I, David, thought that that was the most ridiculous, preposterous thing ever, and then Elizabeth Warren walked right into the Senate, beat Scott Brown by double digits. Because the people of Massachusetts ate that stuff up. That's their constituents. Tony's in Charlestown. Tony, you're next on RKO.
12: Hey, B.B. How you doing? Hey, Tony. Hey. uh, Listen, you know, of course, I'm listening to what you just said a minute ago, and believe me, I I live this, uh, 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 the minority situation my whole life. I moved out here from the Midwest about 20 years ago, and I'm still trying to uh, dodge bullets in, in, in the People's Republic, get kicked under the table a lot for some of my conversations, but... That being said, I think our politicians, and I think Mayor Walsh and and Governor Baker, Charlie Parker, or whatever you want to call him, I think you can look at some options and, and maybe take something like the North End. I'll give you a specific example, and it's common sense, but they don't usually think in common sense terms. You shut down Hanover Street, which is a nightmare to drive on anyway. And you create uh, an opportunity for alfresco outdoor dining, which I you know all the people, you know, like the guy you had on earlier, is smart enough to know how he could set up tables and heaters and tents and and, and shelters. It may not happen, you know. You're going to have some weather situations periodically, but you could you could absolutely set up some dining with social distancing between people outdoors. We know it's healthier. I mean, to me, these are common sense solutions that. The, the people in control, i.e. Baker and and Walsh, could make some decisions to do this. You know, I, I don't know. It just seems like common sense to me. But
1: And the thing is, Tony, when, when you finish there, you start to feel like as you said, like, I don't know, who am I? What? No, you're right, 100% right. And we've been talking about this. My frustration with these guys is a couple of things. One is I think they're nervous Nellie's Two, I think they're power grabbers. Three, mm-hmm. I've been telling you for months now, literally months now, These guys got to think outside the box. But there is no outside the box in any of this. What you just described makes sense. You know what another thing that makes sense is? If we know that the virus doesn't like the warm weather, are we talking at all about possibly doing school in warm weather? No. But that was an option that was mentioned very early on about, you know what? If we're going to shut it down for six weeks, why don't we have that six weeks in June and maybe even run into July? Because people aren't going anywhere anyway come July. The idea of vacation plans. Where are you going to Maine? Where you got a shelter in place for a month? But no one ever wanted to talk about it, period. Because all they do is they just, the action that they will take is shutting you down. The action that they've failed to take is doing anything outside of the norm that's good for you. They're not talking to Frank in Boston, Frank Mendoza, and saying, Frank, how can we make this work? You leave three minutes from Paul Revere Park. What if we said on Saturdays you could put up eight tables in that park? And, of course, you're not going to do that, but some version of that to say, we want to work with you here. We want to help you. We want to somehow make this go. There's not any of that right now. It's just, you know what, there's a curfew in Boston from 9 to 6, and Walsh just told you again today, that remains in place and will for the foreseeable future. Anybody think that that curfew is doing anything? But it's just another way of saying, you guys got to stay down. And so I continue to tell you, Tony, that they tell you they hear you. It doesn't seem like they hear you because they're not doing anything that you think makes sense. And by the way, I think it makes sense, too. And they're not doing it. 617-266-6868. More calls in a second. It's VB. You're in the middle on WRKO. It's VB in the middle. Uh, Rennie is in Danvers. Rinny, you're next on RKO. I'm
5: actually in Georgetown right now. I'm driving home from work.
1: Up on 133?
5: 97.
1: 97. There you go.
5: <laughs> yeah, how are you?
1: Pretty good.
5: I used to watch you on Fox 25. Good
1: man. I miss it.
5: I'm a, I'm a girl, actually. I just have a grunt voice.
12: Now, back to everybody's favorite middleman,
5: VB.
1: You got that Trump sound, lightning Trump talking about Nancy Pelosi? Yeah, let me pull it up here. I got it. Nancy Pelosi last night on CNN uh, with Anderson Cooper uh, talking about Trump taking hydroxychloroquine. Uh, said, I mean, we understand it. he's, what is, you know, paraphrasing her, but what do the guidelines say? He's morbidly obese. We knew that wasn't going to go unresponded to, so Trump was asked about it today. At first he said, I don't talk about her, it's a waste of time. But when they asked him a second time, he was willing to talk about her a little bit.
5: These people are sick. Pelosi is a sick woman. She's got a lot of problems, a lot of mental problems. We're dealing with people that have to get their act together for the good of the country.
8: She's a sick woman. These people are sick, VB. <laughs> I can't just... oh, this is what I'm dealing with here. Okay. <laughs> I think that I, don't know. I just I don't know what else to do other than laugh. I really don't.
1: We get our laughs where we can. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's your car accident yeah, this thanks. morning or Trump calling her a uh, sick woman. That's
8: what there I'm dealing go. with. These are people I'm dealing with, VB. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just love that. I just love his comments.
1: She's uh. not done. They'll try. Now, it's like a tennis match. You know, the crowd goes all running over to this side and they get mm. the question and then they get that response. Then they go running back <laughs> over and then she'll say something and then they go running back over <laughs> and we we'll just keep volleying as long as these two will play along. Uh. And they'll play along for a while. Don't you worry. Oh, yeah. Uh, A few more calls here before we sign off. Talking about Charlie Baker's, Charlie Parker's four-phase plan. Marty Walsh says Boston's going to be slower on it than that, and he's not – he won't know specifically what he's going to ask of Boston until next week. Mayor Tony in Somerville says it's going to be a few days yet, but they're working on their plan, and it, too, is going to be slower than Boston's. Where does this leave you all as we're talking about it is the question. 617-266-6868. John's in Peabody. John, you're next on RKO. Peabody, how you
13: doing, pal?
14: Hey, hey John. Hey, listen, uh, It looks like your radio show is also dealing with four stages of particular calls. Uh, At first, people were first wondering and worried about the pandemic. Now they're worried about finances, and maybe the next time this segment comes around, they'll be start talking about where we get our next meal. So to to me, you know, I keep thinking about why Trump was so silent on all this, because if I was a leader and cared about the people, I'd put a moratorium on all debt. I would just say everything is frozen. Nobody owes anything. No one gets a paycheck. Everyone sits back and waits till this freezes up. And then have the government pay for the essentials. It's better than sending out stimulus checks which are eating up already. I mean we gotta we gotta think of the people and you gotta think a little smarter about where the money's going and where it's being used. But you gotta prevent people from going ballistic because now, I guess, the calls you're getting are getting more and more hostile. And I think at this point, if we don't think in better terms of how we can make people not worry about the future, then we have to figure out how we can make sure we're going to take care of the problems we're dealing with now.
1: John, I'll tell you this, you're you're tapped into the frustration and the boiling point that we're at. My advice to Charlie Parker to Karen Polito, to a lesser extent, Marty Walsh. When you're at a city level, you have a little bit more control of it, and the mayor of Boston has always had a tight grip on its city, and Marty is no different. So that one's a little different than Charlie. But my advice to these guys is what you ought to be focusing on right now is, yeah, obviously keep looking at the data, fine. Talk about your phases and keep implementing them. But you ought to be ready to deal with if in what – If and or when there is a spike or there is something that you don't like, have a plan in place on how you're going to live with it because we're not going back. John, you keep hearing Marty Walsh said this again. we got to get this right because if this comes back and we have to do this again, that I can't live with. Nobody's doing this again. We're not. You can't open stuff for a couple of months and then say, sorry, it didn't take. we got to shut it down again. There is just no way. The next phase is everybody's got to learn to live with death, which is what Bill Maher had said a month ago, and people were like, "Ah, I don't want to hear it. It's what uh, Chris Christie said when he talked to Dana Bash, and people all got worked up about it. But it's a fact. you got to learn to live with sick and live with death. But, B.B., that's absolutely
14: correct but the point is there are no insurance policies that'll cover you for
1: downtime. I know. I know. I look, I appreciate the Me call, too. John. The one thing, you know, you can't just say no one, no one pays anything because if that's the case and you're like a, uh, an electric company, you're a water company, you're an essential services company. If no one's paying you, then you're not providing anything like at some point. So it's, To just say no one pays anything, period, and we just literally hit this gigantic pause button, I I just don't think it's not only not practical, it's, it's not possible. Why would anybody deliver any food, and why would anybody go to work at that point? So stuff has to be going on. I mean, again, one in five people are out of work right now, which is horrific. But understand, John, that means four in five people are still working. And so there has to be some stuff that's going on. I mean, there, there has to be gas stations. There has to be essential services, transportation services, et cetera, et cetera. Dave's in Wilburn. Dave, you're next on RKO.
4: Hey, VB. Thanks for taking my call. You know, VB, this has been a great show. I've said to myself, when in the world have we gone through this before? And I started to go back, you know, every 10 years. And I said, we went through this in World War One and World War II. You never knew when a plane with bombs was coming and going to drop them on uh, a whole city, a whole area. And they taught the people how to deal with it, how to momentarily shelter in place, go to school, do this, do that. And when the planes come, we'll light up the sirens. And then when it's over, it's over. And then we go back and we rebuild or we go back to how we were. That's not happening here.
1: Well, I mean, it's happening now. It didn't happen for eight weeks. But, I mean, in theory, it starts on May 25th uh, here in Massachusetts. But, again, apparently it's not going to win Boston. It's not going to be until June 1st at the earliest. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, I, I think, you know, people have been saying for years, Dave, ah, we're getting soft and we're nervous Nellies and we're all germaphobes and if somebody doesn't get a trophy, they start crying. And But it's all connected, right? It's mm-hmm. all yep. It's all about a new way of thinking that, in some cases, just isn't healthy. And the idea that Ayanna Presley thinks that we can just do this indefinitely until we have a cure is crazy. There's no way this can go on forever. That's right. That's just like saying, stay in your
4: house and we'll wait for the planes to come. And when they come, stay in your house some more. You can't do that. You have to learn from it and then move on, just like you've been saying.
1: I appreciate the call, Dave, 617-266-6868, Billy in Woburn. I got about 30 seconds, Billy. You get the last word today. Thank you very much. I just want to say I
6: get really sick of it when they say we're in this together. We're not in this together. Mayor Walsh and the governor, they make two three 300000 a year. How are they together with me or, well, like, my family when I'm out of work? I don't think they stay in line in some uh, supermarket waiting so to get in, you know, but I'll say this, but we the people are dumb because so we should just go out and do our thing, because numbers is strength. and I just hope the American people,
1: all of us, just wake up. Thank you: I appreciate it, Billy. That's a good spot to end it right there. Howie Car Show is coming up next. They'll be talking much more about Charlie Parker and the four-phase plan. You heard Grace say that. Have a great day, everybody. Get outside. If you can, enjoy the day. Pay attention. Take notes. Tomorrow at noon, you and I are going to compare those notes right here in the middle.
12: VB in the middle. WRKL.
4: Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
9: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office.